In today's episode of the Amman Wire podcast. The Muslims who are immigrants, who are who have migrated here, I think today more than any day, can see some uh, reflections of the African-American story, story and their story, you know, nowadays on, on what it must feel like to be created as a villain, you know, just, just for their identity. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Iman Wire podcast. Salim here for another episode. Uh, joining me today is a reunion of sorts for me. I'm very happy to be with uh, Imam Bilal Ansari. Assalamu alaikum, Imam Bilal. Wa alaikum assalam. It's good to see you again. It's been quite a while. It's actually been a few years. Likewise, man. Uh, Imam Bilal uh, is uh, currently at uh, an imam at Williams College and assistant director in the, uh, the Multicultural Center. And um, if for some of our listeners who may have uh, followed uh, some of the articles in Iman Wire in the past, uh, about three years ago, actually, was um, uh, Imam Bilal and I did a, a conversation about um, race uh, in the next generation. And uh, I just wanted to sort of like touch base with you again and to sort of recap a little bit of why we did it, because it happened quite organically, because you and I were meeting um, at, at someone's home and, um, we were just talking sort of, I don't know if you remember, but we started talking about like politics, much of politics. And, um, I remember mentioning how it was at, uh, an African-American predominantly masjid, like they were dealing with mustard politics and like dealing with like quote unquote uncles. And, and um, at that point when we were talking, I was, we were speaking about this, you know, it's like, uh, this is obviously dealing with the uncles issue, like dealing with mustard politics and leadership issues is a big thing in a lot of the, you know, the immigrant background uh, mustards as well uh, for, for people who are the second generation. And so we were talking about how there's, there's a, some similar similarities in that. Uh, and then, you know, but in light of that, meanwhile, we're focusing on a lot of the, um, the, uh, the, the differences that we, that we think of, but we're actually not, there's actually quite some similarities for people, the second generation, uh, quote unquote, second generation. Um, and by second generation, we meant from an immigrant point of view, second generation was, you know, the, 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 the children of people who have immigrated. And from, uh, from the African-American perspective, we were talking about second generation, meaning second generation of Muslims in America, you know, that their parents had accepted Islam, a lot of them from the worthy Muhammad community or from, uh, or growing out from the nation of Islam and how there's, so there's, there's some similar, similar sort of experiences, but obviously quite different experiences as well, which is why we wanted to have that conversation. And and one of the things I don't know if you remember Bilal, when we started the conversation was I, I asked you the question, which I know you love getting asked, which is like, well, when did you convert? Right. Mm -hmm. And um, that was just to point out as, uh, that the importance of us communicating and understanding who we are, because this is obviously a very uh, misinformed question, right? Especially for Someone who, uh, like yourself, who was, was, was uh, whose father was an imam, as opposed to, you know, uh, what other people's conception was. And then you return back in that conversation and say, oh, where are you from? And, and where are you really from? And of course, like that's an issue for a lot of second generation uh, immigrants as well. So, alhamdulillah, I think, you know, I really enjoyed that conversation we had over a series of several of several pieces. Seeing you again, I just I just wanted to sort of touch base and in what have you seen in the last few years, especially now that you've you've returned to uh, Williams College. What you've seen is in your in your in your work as chaplain in the 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 racial relations between these two groups that we were initially talking about back then, two second generation Muslim groups. So alhamdulillah, yeah. So uh, so I think what I'm seeing most 
most uh, recently is that um, there's a lot of need to uh, do a lot of work with young um, young Muslim adults within the intersections of their identities. Um, uh, so last year uh, when I started back at Williams there was a young, it was an Arab uh, male who was co-chair with like, with this female who was a other co-chair and she was from like being, she was from Southeast Asia, you know, most likely she was from Pakistan. And just the dynamics between the male and the female like, relationship, the Arab, the non-Arab, the the um, dealing with the um, power, you know, dynamics of um, you know the like the um, woman's voice or not. There was also an African American like freshman there who you know came from a command like Worthy Muhammad's, you know, um, and him trying to find his voice. Uh, there was Africans there who for. Some were for the first time in America. Some were coming back to America, and they're trying to find their identities. and And this this MSA space is a is where all the where all of these meet, you know. Yeah. And so, as the the adult in the room or the or the older person in the room, it's really fascinating um, to uh, help them, you know, navigate um, these these uh, these intersections to be able to pause. And acknowledge where somebody else is, you know, coming from, and where your identity meets with theirs. Just as you and I had that that yeah. dialogue um, that evening, we we found where our identities, you know, cross and met, mm-hmm. and and we wanted to share that story. And so, generally, it's basically my work. You know, that's what I do for a living: is getting people to be patient uh, with each other and be able to listen to, to the other. Have you found that there has been an increased awareness, especially in the last few years, uh, for a lot of the immigrant, younger immigrant you know, in, in the colleges, uh, awareness about of, of the racial issues at hand, about awareness about the, the impact of racism and, and the importance of tackling that? Do you see an increased, increased in interest or awareness of that in I, that? I do see an uptick, you know, in interest, um, basically primarily in response to the post-Trump you know, mm-hmm. time period, uh, the uh, the like Muslim bands um, have been very much, you know, an instigator of that internal feeling of looking at how others have been mistreated or or have been treated as you know as as evil or that which is to be uh, like rejected or like or <laughs> or not accepted. And so when they come onto a campus, you know, the, the you know the, these students nowadays are a little bit more uh, woke, you know, mm. aware of these realities that America um, has for too long kicked down the road of race and identity, um, inequality, and like justice. And so we kick them around on the colleges. Uh, and we pick them up and we brush them off and, and we honor each other's um, battered, tattered, you know, identities um, w- within the American landscape. You know, when you're talking about the MSAs, I was thinking of on Twitter, there was this hashtag black in MSA, mm-hmm. um, and uh, which, uh, you know, spoke very, very uh, eloquently of people's experiences of feeling marginalized Mm-hmm. Uh, as uh, African American Muslims in um, in MSA and really it's a broader just in that in that in that gen- in that community in the community, have you felt that with 
as you were saying, like, there may be some increased awareness for from from a lot of the younger immigrant Muslim students about racial issues. But is there also the danger that this interest is is coming about in um, out of our self interest because of what's going on now in the post Trump era because of the increased uh, scrutiny, the increased um, you know, like you're saying, the Muslim ban, things like that. Or do you feel it's coming from really a more genuine feeling of 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 brotherhood and sisterhood, of of love for um, our brothers and sisters, as opposed to something from from a more self serving uh, self serving um, you know intention? Well, you know, I don't want to make any like indictments on a large swath of people. Sure, because, absolutely. You know, generally, I have found that the majority of of those who are trying to stand in in, in like solidarity and to learn, you know, the uh, historical landscape here are. They are enduring um, the peaks and valleys, you know, th- themselves and and trying to stand with and for. Um, and so um, so I think the the kind of the movement of the black MS, the you know, black and MSA movement is is probably just, you know, it's a you know, it's a narrative of we're that careful navigation um, with a leader, with a pastoral um, caregiver, um, really being mindful of the, the minoritized, you know, your people in the group and really caring that they're a part of and that others are standing with, um, perhaps was not done best that it could be. Um, I think it's just part of, you know, training on those, those Muslim like, uh, like leaders, those, like those, uh, those, whether they're like, whether they're imams or like chaplains, you, you know, of such. And, um, but I, I don't subscribe to kind of uh, pulling out and creating your own um, thing, although that has been a result of a lot of uh, neglect. Um, and so th- there are schools that have both an MSA and, and mm-hmm. like a black MSA. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's, that's you know, that's unfortunate, you know, in my opinion. Um, uh, but if their needs are being met, then I mean, uh, so if say you say you if you were um, to give advice or to approach say in a, in a situation where you have like you're at a college where there were these two different MSAs you could say the same thing about two different communities like you know and you know quote unquote immigrant masjid or quote unquote African American masjid uh, what are the what are the things that that you you think that we we need to do to try to bridge that gap I know that when we had that conversation three years ago. Uh, sort of the 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 end of it was almost like a cliffhanger, because we talked about we we went back to the prophetic period and we talked about um, how the Prophet وسلم, when after the Hijra, like how he assigned one of the the Muhajiru to one of the the Ansar, one of the people of Medina to one of the, the immigrants, and how um, there was this intentional um, suhba or intentional joining together of of two people. And 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 how that affected how they felt about each other, and so sort of the end of that conversation, we, we spoke almost like this is this something that we need to to institute in 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 some manner in our own community, and I was wondering if you had any thoughts about how something like that could be done to try to to try to build those bonds further. Yeah, that's that is the prophetic model, right? That's the model of mercy. That's the that is. Uh, <laughs> That's what's incumbent on, on upon us to embody and um, to uh, give life to uh, wherever we are, and primarily the Muslim leaders on these uh, on these different um, school you know grounds, uh, different you know 
alternative alternative like uh, spaces, and even within the massages that um, we're supposed to be bringing hearts, you know, together and mm-hmm. you know, and the ways are very very clear. Spread the greetings, you know, break bread together, you know. Um, you know, be with, you know, be with each other. You know, establish the prayers. You know, so these are the type of things that <laughs> I, I don't ever see calls for another prayer line. Another, uh, you know, when you're breaking fast, you have two two iftars. Yeah. And, like, and so if those pillars of our religion, um, it doesn't see, it doesn't make sense to dissect them. Um, in our hearts, it just feels wrong. Then, definitely in the social clubs or the the religious like 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 groupings on how we identify, we should not be reverting back to like tribalism. Um, and I think that's that's um, primarily. And I think the verse of the Quran that comes to that, don't let the actions of other you know swerve you from doing what's just you know comes to mind. Okay, maybe you have been neglected. Okay, maybe you have been um, hurt. Maybe you've been overlooked. Um, but that doesn't justify um, pulling apart from the jamaat, right? And it's a and it's two way street, you know. Like we we'll, we all have to do our part, you yeah. know. Um, there, there's going to be differences on certain things, and we have to navigate those. But uh, really, as I think, so we concluded back in that conversation a few years ago was that it, it really was based on making an effort to spend time with one another, make an effort to. It's like know about one another situation and, and uh, sort of learn and learn about each other, which is something that, you know, uh, certainly um, that is part of the prophetic tradition and, and mm-hmm. how the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his companions so. were. I just moving on, you know, one thing that uh, I I never got to talk to you back 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 then, but I'd like to hear some you know, some of your thoughts about now. For, for, for I don't know how many years you were um, involved with the, uh, being a chaplain in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, how many years was it? Was it 16 years? 16 years, mashallah. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you, if anyone, I think could speak to a, uh, an issue which I feel that for a lot of Muslims uh, in America that is a topic that's often not discussed. And I'm not even speaking about like, you know, Muslims in prison. I'm talking about just from um, a social justice point of view in terms of uh, number one, mass incarceration. Number two, in the prison, what things such as solitary confinement or or post prison life, such as disenfranchisement for offenders. You know the difficulties that um, ex offenders have uh, finding housing, finding employment. A lot of that, a lot of those difficulties, which all play a role in um, the, the current state of our society. And as ethically as Muslims, that. We should be able to look at these things, regardless of the religion of whoever these offenders are, but be able to look at it uh, dispassionately. Be like, this is not right. It's not right to lock up a sixteen-year-old kid, you know, in solitary confinement. It's not right to discriminate and and for people to uh, left incarceration and that they, they still have no um, way to improve improve outside and they um, you know they're they're marginalized. It's not right to be in a system which a mass incarceration, which also, of course, also reflects a lot about this, you know, about the issue we were talking about earlier about the race uh, relations in, in America and, and, and understanding the, the, the dynamics at play of uh, the very selective incarceration of African-Americans. And uh, just as a, as a point to our listeners, I would very highly recommend there's a, a documentary called the uh, 13th. Um, and that speaks about the 13th Amendment, which um, was the amendment which um, which banned slavery, uh, but, but says very specifically said slavery or involuntary servitude, uh, except under crime or except for punishment of a crime. And so then you have this whole development of this ethos of uh, or this uh, 
these ideas of of, of blackness and criminality, and and it, the, the documentary goes through this whole sequence of understanding the incarceration, selective incarceration of uh, of African Americans, and it's important for us as as Muslims of other backgrounds as well to understand that. Um, but and 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 knowing that, um, I'd like to hear your thoughts about, especially with your your years, you know, um, working as a prison chaplain, about number one, how to engender this awareness for Muslim community about the issues that that prisoners face and ex-offenders face after they get out and how how we can draw from our Islamic spirituality and ethical system and understanding that this is something that we should be ethically uh, feel uh, feel very important for us to address. Yeah, um, as you were framing the question, um, the Sahaba that came to mind most that embodied this, you know, with Abu Bakr, Sadiq, you know, may Allah be pleased with my hero, um, and particularly his early days of expending his wealth to kind of, you know, liberate um, the enslaved um, around him, you know, at the expense of losing the kind of uh, social status, the kind of uh, savings, the kind of uh, utility that his father uh, had hoped for uh, within him. He used his wealth to free and liberate um, the enslaved what was going on in him that caused him to do that and um, I think it comes from just as you mentioned in the end in your question the ethical the ethical foundations of our religion is that uh, that when you are when you struggle against your own desires you struggle against any, any type of anger you know your shahwas or your gandha you know you struggle against those like virtues these virtues these beautiful uh, um, virtues like emerge, um, and so the Muslims who are immigrants who are who have migrated here, I think today more than any day, um, can see some uh, uh, reflections of the African American story story and their story. You know, nowadays on on what it must feel like or have felt like to be created as, as like a villain. You know, just just for their identity, and so. Um, uh, if that should if that should cause you to have some empathy and some you know motivation to you know work towards um, some good at like helping to, to liberate. I remember as we were speaking about our immigrant and um, an African American divide, but but I can remember you know early on in the days of me as like a Muslim you know like chaplain within the prison. Um, scouring the web as it was just formulated um, for any nonprofit that would give mm-hmm. Qurans or give anything. And there was this doctor somewhere out in the Midwest. He was immigrant um, who would just buy Qurans and tapes from like, uh, like Sheikh Hamza Yusuf and uh, like a donate, you know, the Sirah, uh, the Sirah tapes of Sheikh right, Hamza right, right. and uh, Qurans and just donate to like feel like any prison that would would send him a letter and he died not too long ago but his son who who was also a doctor an immigrant doctor he he keeps that up and that story has always touched me has always moved me um has always helped to nuance the kind of the african-american immigrant uh, kind of split from uh you know just moving on just uh I, I also want to touch on some of the things that you you 
have done as a chaplain over the years um, uh, in in colleges. And we talked a little bit about that earlier with in terms of the racial um, racial uh, conversation and, and discussion that we were having. But I'd like to hear about some of the other issues that you're um, having to tackle that may that may be unique these days or have changed in the last in the last several years since you've been doing chaplaincy. Um, what ha- have there been any like underlying spiritual issues or um, issues in faith, other challenges that you're seeing amongst your students that uh, you felt have uh, been increasing over the last uh, several years? Um, and if so, like you know, what are what are what are, what are they, and, and what are some of the things that um, that uh, that need to be done to approach these uh, these um, these challenges? I think one of the things that I I, I have seen that has um, I guess shaped the the narrative of of um, of safe space on the Muslim you know within the MSAs has been a a movement to kind of dismantle disrupt um, any kind of male you know patriarchal models um, there's a there's a there's a movement to disrupt to to uh, you know, break up, you know those models wherever they lie, right? And so um, chaplains are faced with those all around the United States on how to navigate um, creating safe space, and while at the same time holding on to to our like to our faith that is that is handed to us within like a within like a tradition. Um, in a postmodern, almost almost anti anti uh, traditional right. um, time, um, these are some of the uh, <laughs> uh, minefields that um, are really happening all over the place. And uh, the character, the adapt, the etiquette of kind of protest um, is no longer as Martin Luther King framed it. Um, fact fact finding first, uh, then second was like negotiation. Right. Third one was like to purify yourself, and then go into action. Um, uh, they, they just jump right into the fourth the, one. The, the fourth one, right? Without the without the other, uh, it's almost it's like a, a lot of the. Um we see now like the outrage type, you know, outrage police type thing. Uh, you know, happens a lot of, generally in social media and things like that, but also in colleges. Um, have you seen that amongst Muslim students that the impact of this new, the impact of like of, of sort of a, a very very staunch liberalism in terms of how they perceive, uh, say the rulings in Islam, how they perceive even the theology of Islam. Have you seen that um, the effects of that in terms of people's uh, understanding of what Islam is, uh, you know, there's a lot of sort of uh, movement uh, for a lot of uh, young Muslims, especially uh, to these uh, uh, very uh, um, secular liberal um, ideals, um, some of which can be uh, problematic in terms of, uh, of, uh, of a faith issue for Muslims, you know, in terms of uh, what they consider um, rulings of halal and haram. Have you, have you noticed that as well, like an increasing, uh, an increase in that sort of influence? Yeah, that is the case. There is a crease in that influence, but you know, can that comes devoid of any comprehensive, you know, Islamic like understanding of like their background and it's already yeah. there, right? Um, and and it also can be, um, and it also can be true that 
in the religion, you know, departments, uh, the anthropological, you know, um, you know, departments where Islam is is like subjectively a subject that is that is like, you know, torn apart and like a and like in um and analyzed, you know, from the outside in. Those can be, you know, some of the motivating, you know, factors of students, even Muslim students, to to, to kind of take up that those arms from there and like and weaponize it um, to to try to dismantle. And so, what are the what are some of the things that you try to um, to advise your students who who may be following following along those um, those problematic lines? Yeah. So you know, as a chaplain, our you know we're taught. You know, we're not we're not in a position to try to advise and okay. point people to the right way. We're more of a like to listen and to support. We are more of a sahba, you know, right. like you formulated. I really, uh, you know, uh, on my campus, we establish the prayers every day. We have a fajr. We go to the dorms and we get them in the morning and we establish the prayer. We, you know, we teach the darts in the morning. Um, we we. We ha- we have a meal after like Juma. We're all sitting and eat. Um, we yeah we do things that are just to bring the hearts and the minds you know closer together, and in proximity and closer you know proximity with each other, um, the hearts do find peace you know. And so um, that's that's our only weapon. That's mm. that is it. We don't we're not trying to get it yet. I mean if I mean maybe we'll bring in a speaker. To kind of like expound on the, you know some of the intellectual, um, you know, like fallacies on the, uh, you know, from the other right, side, right. and then you know have like a dialogue. But it is basically like it is basically out of the the nia, the intention to create like dialogue. I mean, it's, yeah, it sort of comes back to what we were mentioning in the beginning when we we're talking about the the, the race relations. That it, it's the, the important thing is being in the good company and just being in the company of them. And that the influence that the influence if you yourself are exhibiting these values and and exhibiting the you know applied and practical spirituality and uh, and uh, you know fidelity to the tradition that uh, being just being in their company that 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 their by by osmosis uh, can help guide people towards uh, the the right path. So uh, that's certainly I think that's a good note to to close on because um, the work that you're doing is very very important and uh, I want to again thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to be with us today um, and it was just really great to sort of even uh, even briefly just sort of reminisce a little bit about a yeah. conversation it's like you know uh, it was like three years ago certainly those issues have not been uh, resolved global you know in the community but it's something that um, is an ongoing conversation that uh, you know that. Uh, Certainly, that we need to keep on having not just one time, but all of us as uh, as, as Muslims in America need to have this conversation. I think there's Imam Bilal. I think one of the uh, one of the the frustrations I I personally uh, have is that you know when we do talk about some of these issues, especially when talking about race, uh, is uh, you know we think we can have like one discussion and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, or like we go to a conference and like we have one session, um, but then like we don't have to do it anymore. Yeah. And certainly this doesn't work that way. Nothing yeah. in our dean works that way. I mean, yeah. Everything needs to be mm-hmm. a regular practice. That's that's one of the things that, that I appreciate. I, I appreciate most about you is that uh, we we just had a, just a simple conversation at, at a dinner at a at a somebody's house. Yeah. And you you cared enough to carry that conversation forward you know like no others need to know and hear about this and three years later 
we're still having the conversation. We're still growing and sharing together. So may Allah reward you. May Allah reward this effort. And others, you know, um, care enough to start a conversation and that you keep it going. Yeah, continue the conversation. That's that's, right. that's the key. It's that it's is. you know all of us. We, you know we can we can start things, but uh, we got to finish it too. That's so right. inshallah, we all finish and uh, be in the best of states on Yom uh, Qiyamah and uh, be together uh, in, in the best of states at that time uh, with our Prophet Sallallahu uh, So I want to thank you again, uh, Imam Bilal. Uh, just a pleasure to have you here on the show. If you're listening to us on iTunes, uh, please leave a review, five-star review. All of that really helps in getting the podcast out to a, um, uh, a broader audience. Uh, remember to visit imanwire.com for the latest podcasts and uh, articles. And again, if you want to review um, or look at the article, the series of articles, uh, conversations that uh, me and uh, Iman Bilal had a few years back about race relations, they are also are, are, are on ImanWire, so check that out. And uh, until then, uh, we hope to see you again in the next podcast. And assalamu alaikum, peace be unto you. Awesome.